you're listening to the Telltale channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Kat Kerr nonsensically saying God gave her divine revelation that Trump wouldn't take the presidency in 2020. One of QAnon's star members, Pastor Jackson LaMayer, running for Congress and getting some crazy endorsements. Why televangelists seem to be convinced the Constitution was written by Jesus. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, Owen, this is Jason from Virginia, and uh, I was just wondering, how do you live with just, the, like, you growing up with all that abuse and just you just having to deal with it? Because I had a lot of abuse growing up, too, and it's just, it's hard. I was just wondering how you deal with it. All right, thank you. Bye. Talking to a therapist has actually been really, really helpful. I would recommend everybody talk to a therapist at some point. Everybody, not just people who have gone through traumatic events or whatever, but like every single person should talk to a therapist at least once. Just get things off your chest, talk to them, tell them what's on your mind and what you've been dealing with and all that stuff. And I, you know, it could be really helpful. Worst case scenario, you got to tell somebody about stuff going on in your life and it makes you feel a little bit better. That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, they can do more for you than just listen. They can prescribe medication if they think that you need it. Uh, they can send you through different types of treatments and stuff like that. Therapy is endlessly helpful, in my opinion. Personally, I moved on by finding new family members who actually care and who wouldn't give up on me at the drop of a hat like mine did. Um, that has been eternally helpful, just building a life outside of the scumbags that I dealt with when I was a kid, basically, my parents and others. Hey, Owen, this is Eric from Minnesota. Yeah, I was wondering if you saw on uh, on JW's uh, Instagram, their worldwide Instagram, they have uh, pictures of uh, a pop-up tent, like at an art festival, uh, preaching to the refugees from Ukraine. It kind of seems like kind of asinine that they would, you know, want to push all that stuff rather than doing humanitarian efforts. Do great work. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's an interesting point. I actually looked around for this. I didn't find, like, the Jehovah's Witnesses official Instagram, so I couldn't find the thing that you were referring to. But I wanted to make a point about this. What you were saying is that Jehovah's Witnesses are posting about Ukraine and, and how they're standing out there trying to find Ukrainian Jehovah's Witnesses who are like refugees and stuff like that. That doesn't surprise me. The thing about Jehovah's Witnesses is they believe that at the end, all governments are going to collapse, all governments, and they're going to ban religion outright. At that point, Jehovah's Witnesses are going to step in, like the elder body, the governing body, they're going to step in and act as the government for Jehovah's Witnesses, but only for Jehovah's Witnesses. They want to create or form out their own government 
from the top to the bottom. The way that they have the government structured to operate right now is nonsensical and doesn't do anywhere near enough, and they heavily rely on everybody being brainwashed enough, basically. They heavily rely on people adopting the cult personality enough that they aren't going to have to do much enforcement. But when they are prepared to do some level of enforcement, like if somebody sins or something, they're prepared to stalk people, and they do right now. Like, elders will stalk Jehovah's Witnesses to make sure they're not breaking any rules. If they catch wind that you're smoking cigarettes or something, they will stalk your ass, no joke. So that's kind of how their government works. If you look back at Hurricane Katrina when that happened, I think 2006 or something like that, Hurricane Katrina... Uh, was this massive disaster. It was a big hurricane that slammed into New Orleans, I believe. And the Jehovah's Witnesses in New Orleans, they lost their houses when Katrina hit. How did the Jehovah's Witness governing body react? They sent Jehovah's Witnesses down there to help build new houses in New Orleans for other Jehovah's Witnesses. Not for anybody else, only Jehovah's Witnesses. You only get the benefits that they have to offer if you are a member of the religion. That's how this organization works. So, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses are out there, and they're doing some level of humanitarian aid only for other Jehovah's Witnesses in Ukraine. And in my opinion, that's grotesque. It shows a level of dispassion, a level of disrespect, a level of perceived supremacy in Jehovah's Witnesses that you don't always see. They believe themselves to be superior to everybody. And as a matter of fact, Russia banned Jehovah's Witnesses for that exact reason. They cited that reason. Don't get me off on that tangent. I don't think Russia should have banned Jehovah's Witnesses or any religions like that, but the point is that Jehovah's Witnesses believe themselves to be superior and will only offer humanitarian aid to fellow Jehovah's Witnesses, and I think that's terribly wrong. Hey, Owen. I really love your show, and I read your comments, and wow. <clears throat> I know you got um, a little bit of guff from, um, oh shit, the powers that be about your language and toned all that down. And now the grumblings kind of started that you're um, political. And I love your show, and I hate for you to, you're, you know, you, you know more about cults and uh, ministers and all their shenanigans, as you call it. Stay on that, man. Stay focused on that. You are helping people. Uh, and politics, you're just going to be somebody else. And you're not just someone else. Stay with your cults, brother. Love your show. Bye. Hey, Owen, when I said stay away from politics, I didn't mean religion and politics and cult behavior and how it has affected politics. That's not what I meant. I meant the cold politics of, like, the war in Ukraine and things like that, because you, you can really get on people's political toes really quickly and offend without meaning it, and you are a very well-meaning guy, and... Um, you know, I, I, you go out of your way not to offend. And with global politics, it's a nuisance, and you know what I'm saying. Anyway, keep up everything you're doing. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate that. I uh, appreciate the phone call. This person actually calls in a lot. Um, 
I don't always play everything that they put out. You know, I feel like sometimes it's just a message for me. It doesn't need to be played on air, but I do appreciate the phone calls that they that they leave me, the voicemails. They're really interesting. In this one, I feel like what's being said is I shouldn't focus so much on Russia and Ukraine because that's way more political and way less cult-like. But I, I, I think I disagree. The reason that I started covering Ukraine in the first place, Russia, Ukraine, it's because I heard a lot of right-wing extremists and televangelists, and I heard QAnon espousing opinions on this situation. And they seem to be siding with Putin in this, which is absolutely completely and totally bizarre to me that they would support somebody so clearly in the wrong. Not only are they supporting Putin, but they're using propaganda to support him. Putin's propaganda, the propaganda that's coming out of Russia, they're using it. Their belief on Ukraine is parallel with each other, QAnon and Russia. That's why I'm covering this stuff. I do get where you're coming from. You don't want me to, you know, step on someone's toes or turn somebody off from this stuff because I'm political or whatever else. People are either going to love me or they're going to hate me. And there's really not much I can do about that. I don't really want to police the things that I say for fear of upsetting somebody. I want to get my opinions out there. And if they don't like my opinions, then they don't have to listen. You know, that's been my position up to now. Uh, anyway, I appreciate the uh, phone call. Here's an email from NBigsy, I believe is the name. Hey, Telltale, I've been a big fan of your channel for a while now. I think I started watching in 2018. I tried to call, but I have really bad anxiety. That's okay. I had a question. Why do poor slash in poverty tend to lean towards supporting Trump hardcore even years after his term? I lived in rural Pennsylvania for a few years, and I've seen a lot of very poor people support him. I feel like the Democratic Party leans more in their favor. Thank you and have a great day. Absolutely. Democratic Party does lean more in their favor, but they've been propagandized heavily. This is the power of propaganda. So it's a it's a combination of a few things. It's multifaceted and it's very complex and it does not just boil down to propaganda, but I think that's one of the main the one of the key issues here is the propaganda. The second thing that I the second reason I believe that people who are who tend to be more impoverished support Donald Trump, I think it's partly because of a, a, like a generational thing, like they grew up being super ultra conservative they grew up in a conservative home. They grew up going to a conservative church. Everybody around them at their school, their, their classmates, their playmates, their friends, their family, everybody, they're all ultra conservative. And Donald Trump came in as a far right candidate. The things that he believed were really far out there, really far right. And naturally, if you live in a conservative environment, you tend to lean on the more ultra-conservative side. I think that's another facet to why people who are impoverished tend to vote Republican. It's a combination of propaganda and generational decisions that were made forever ago and, and a bunch of other things that come along with it. That's my take. But like I said, it's a very complex answer that I, I don't have all the answers for. 
This one's from Marcus, 1975. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. In 1975, I was 10 years old. I remember hearing a lot of people speaking of it. Glad you found that audio clip. Just proves once again how full of shit this cult is. For context, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, back in 1975, they had this campaign called Stay Alive to 75. They believed the end was going to come by 1975. All you had to do is make it to 1975 and you wouldn't have to die. You could live forever because Armageddon would come and the new system would be here and you'd make it into the Garden of Eden 2.0, basically. They had to retroactively go back and change the wording in all of their books to remove that false prophecy, re-release new copies, and tell their members to burn all of the old copies, basically, is what happened. It was a big fumble by the Jehovah's Witness organization. So that's the context. Back to the email from Marcus. Why did the expression new light not get used back then? My dad died believing in that old saying, this generation will by no means pass away, referring to 1914. Yeah, the new light thing, that's a new explanation for why they're wrong about so many things. A governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses come out and they make these wild claims like the end is going to come in the next 10 years or something like that. And then they get new light. Jehovah reveals new information to them that changes the projection. So now they know it's going to be coming in 10 years instead of five, you know, that kind of thing. We didn't have this information before, but now we do have the information. This is the new light we're providing to you. It's like an off-ramp to their bad predictions and ideas, basically. That's why it wasn't used back then, because they hadn't come up with that off-ramp yet. My dad died believing in that old saying, this generation will by no means pass away, referring to 1914. Yeah, they claimed, Jehovah's Witnesses claimed that anybody who was alive in 1914 wouldn't die. They would live to see the Paradise Earth, Garden of Eden 2.0. Absurd. Those people would be well over 100 years of age. My dumbass family members are still holding fast to this nonsense. The next generation of the governing body will be spewing more new light. There were two studies done, one from MIT and one from a university in the UK, both appointed to the year 2040 as a serious crisis for the world. Perhaps JW should jump on that bandwagon. Love your channel. Keep it up. I appreciate that. Well, honestly, I feel like we're going through a serious crisis in the world right now. There are always serious crises in the world. I don't know what those studies pointed to or, or why they pointed to 2040 or whatever else, but, you know, there's always some crisis happening in the world, some more serious than others, and Jehovah's Witnesses will always try to latch on to those crises to try to prove that they're correct. In reality, they're not. They've been wrong since the beginning. I honestly don't understand why anybody continues to believe it. Childhood indoctrination, brainwashing, those are the only two reasons I can possibly imagine that my mom is still stuck in there, you know? Same with you. Uh, the only reason I can imagine that your family members are still stuck in there because of the brainwashing, because of the mind control, because uh, they're too afraid to look outside and think things through on a logical, in a logical way. Next, we're going to talk about Kat Kerr nonsensically saying that God gave her divine revelation that Trump wouldn't take the presidency in 2020. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
First story I wanted to talk about is about Kat Kerr. I've talked about Kat Kerr a few times, but it's been a while, so I want to give you guys a little bit of lead up to remind you of who she is and remind you of her beliefs. And then we're gonna talk about a new clip that just came out by Kat Kerr. If you don't know who Kat Kerr is, you may remember this video. This video came out in August 2019. It came out when Hurricane Dorian was about to hit the East Coast and it was a big deal and everybody was worried about what was gonna happen. Kat Kerr, weather warrior, decided to take God's blessing and bestow it upon people in August 2019. Watch this clip. So right now at this moment, we take authority over Dorian that has no right off the coast of this state or anywhere. And we hit that storm to the east right now. And I'm gonna do it three times. We hit it to the east. Yeah, that's Kat Kerr. She believed that God gave her the power, the ability to stop a hurricane from plowing into the East Coast. Did it work? Of course it didn't work. She's a charlatan. And for some reason, she's obsessed with what this little stick can do, this stick that she holds. She swings it around like mad. It's never actually accomplished anything. She's done this weather warrior thing like a billion different times to every hurricane, every tornado that appears. And guess what? It doesn't work because it's nonsense. It's not even biblical, but once again, she is a televangelist, and she is pretty famous. She's been memed a billion times. That's why we have to talk about her. Anyways, that's Kat Kerr, weather warrior. That's not the only strange belief that she has, though. The, the idea that she has the ability to control the weather with this little stick that she has. She's also a QAnoner. I wanted to establish this by watching a couple of clips that she's put out. This one is a little more recent, early February 2022. She was speaking at Glory Fire Church. She was doing this event there, and she had some interesting things to say. For the record, what you're about to hear from Kat Kerr is really unhinged and odd, but it's actually on brand. This is the kind of thing that she says and does on a regular basis. So yes, it's strange, but it's not out of the ordinary. Let's watch this clip, early February 2022. Think about what she has to say here. And so people do still share their testimonies. They have uh, events all over heaven in these huge places, some inside, some outside. People want to really hear the testimony of the life of somebody who was here on earth. And when somebody new arrives, everybody wants to hear them. She's talking about when somebody goes to heaven, when somebody new arrives in heaven, everybody in heaven wants to hear their story, their testimony or whatever. She has a tendency to like expand upon this really weird worldview that she has this weird idea of what heaven is. And she says it in such a matter of fact way. Like this is a fact, like I've been to heaven. I have touched God's hair. He let me take pictures of him and paint him and stuff. I mean, she's gone as far as to say things like there is a body part requisition warehouse in heaven where when somebody prays for like a missing limb, like a missing arm or, or leg or something, there's an angel at this body part requisition warehouse this angel that works there for a living, apparently, finds the bucket full of arms or eyes or hearts, gift wraps it, and then walks through you 
and it replaces the old broken heart or just the new arm appears on your body or whatever. No joke. She says this and she believes it. This is on brand for Kat Kirk. Let's keep listening. They do. They want to hear what it was like. Uh, what, how did they feel when they stepped out of that physical body with their spiritual body into life itself, into the presence of God? And then their journey, all, excuse me, all the way, I've been speaking a lot, all the way back to heaven from earth. You get to go on a journey. You go through the planets, the nebulas. Uh, you go on the rings of Saturn, not the real Saturn, not the fake one. That's Whoa, wait a second. Fake Saturn? What are we talking about here? What's all this? That's weird, right? Not the real Saturn, not the fake one that Satan's made. The real Saturn, not the fake one that Satan's made. What? What is she saying? Well, I was wondering what she was talking about. Do you guys remember the QAnon shaman from forever ago? January 6th, 2021, when they raided the Capitol building. There was that guy named the QAnon Shaman. This is a picture of him on the left if you're watching the actual video clip. QAnon Shaman was all dressed up with like this headdress and you know, the, the face paint, the horns, the whole nine yards. This guy's name is Jacob Chansley, AKA Jacob Angeli. Angeli, I believe is his middle name. Sometimes I think he prefers to go by Jake Angeli. I don't know why, but anyways, that's who this guy is. Uh, so, I was listening to this interview that Channel 5 News did with him on YouTube, and he mentioned Saturn too. So I wanted to listen to his little bit about Saturn, uh, like the planet Saturn, because it gives us some context for this Kat Kerr clip where she talked about the planet Saturn being fake. So QAnon Shaman is obviously QAnon, and that means he can give us some insight into the QAnon view on the planet Saturn. Let's listen to this. There's another faction within the ancient Egyptian uh, hierarchy, and that would be like the people that worship Set. Um, and Set is like the ancient Egyptian form of Satan. Okay, so Satan worship and Saturn worship are one and the same thing. And so there was this ancient form of Saturn worship in ancient Egypt, where what they would do is instead of consuming large amounts of psychoactive plants, which they did do on occasion, but what they did more than anything is they used things like, say, Hebrew children or children of slaves to uh, do these satanic ceremonies of blood sacrifice. When you say they worship Saturn, are you talking about the planet? Yes, yes. Satan worship and Saturn worship are one and the same. Is it just because they sound similar, or is there a, a no, no, connection? No, no, no. We're talking people that understand the the intricacies of a tr of astrology, interconnectivity, or what is called quantum entanglement in the quantum uh, field. So Saturn is Satan. They are one and the same in the mind of a QAnoner. Saturn and Satan are the same. And what he's talking about here, the blood sacrifice stuff, this all ties in together. It's old tropes from, back from World War II. It's old Jewish tropes, the same stuff that the Nazi party was saying about Jews, except now they're saying it about elites, the eternal scapegoat of the world, the Jewish people, unfortunately, are being attacked once again in society. We have to call this stuff out when we see it, for real. But the point is, the QAnon shaman is a full-blown QAnoner, and that added a little bit of context, hopefully, to the Saturn claims that Kat Kerr gave us uh, just a few minutes ago. 
There's another QAnon belief about how Trump was supposed to be reinstated as president or re-inaugurated as president in early March. QAnoners believe that when the Civil War ended and the Confederacy rejoined with the Union to create, you know, the United States government again, they believe incorrectly that the government, when it formed again, it, it formed through a corporation and that the real actual U.S. government hasn't had a new president since before the Civil War ended. They believe that everything that has happened with the U.S. government, every decision that the U.S. government has made since the end of the Civil War is null and void and invalidated because it was all done under the name of the United States of America, the corporation, not the government. It's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense at all logistically or legally or anything else. It's just complete BS from top to bottom. So here's where it gets interesting. Inauguration day for the president used to be March 4th in the Constitution, but that was changed to January 20th back in the 1920s, I think. I forget when exactly. So they believe, these QAnoners, they think that March 3rd is actually really the real inauguration date, and they believed that Donald Trump was going to be re-inaugurated by the real United States government. He's going to be like the 19th president or something like that, instead of like the 46th. He's going to be the 19th because they're re-inaugurating him under the actual United States government. And every QAnon televangelist, every QAnoner with a platform out there was making this prophecy, not prediction, but prophecy, that Donald Trump is going to be reinstated as president on March 4th. Kat Kerr was not immune to this phenomenon. So this is early March 2021. Kat Kerr, in this video, is about to fully establish herself as a QAnoner, in my opinion by espousing this conspiracy theory about the United States government actually being a corporation and all of their decisions since the end of the Civil War being invalidated. Listen to this clip, early March 2021. Right now, I declare and I call for our president to take his rightful place, Trump, to come forth right now Step into your destiny that God gave you, called you, appointed you, and anointed you for this time to declare over America, to help America. This is his choice, and we call you forth right now in the name of Jesus Christ, who is with you, who will always be with you. The people are with you. The prophets of God are with you. The military is with you, so come forth. Step into your destiny now, saith the Lord. Yeah, so needless to say, she was completely and totally convinced that QAnon was correct about this claim, that Trump was going to retake the presidency, be re-inaugurated secretly by the real U.S. government on March 4th. And of course, what happened? Nothing. It fell flat. That didn't stop her, though. That didn't stop her from making prophecy after prophecy, especially leading up to the election. Now, this is the important part, okay? I want to give you a little bit of context for her beliefs leading up to the election. So what we've just seen, I feel, firmly establishes that she is a deep QAnon believer. What was she doing 
leading up to the 2020 election. What were her claims? What was she talking about? Late August 2019, she was at her church and she says this. So I declare the upcoming election in 2020, the one you have chosen will win in a landslide. She was prophesying, not predicting, prophesying. This is a religious belief that she's invested herself in. She's prophesying God gave her information from on high. He told her that Donald Trump would win in a landslide, that he would be president again in 2020. This is a tame clip too. There are a billion examples of her saying that God told her specifically Trump is going to win the election. Here's another example, that just a year previous to the last one that we watched, early August 2018. Look at this, she's talking to another church. Yeah, Trump will be there for eight years, I'll throw it in for free. Pence for eight years, that's for free. Trump will be in there for eight years and then Pence for eight years. Obviously the outlook has changed dramatically. Her brand of evangelicalism and her brand of Republican ideology doesn't even like Pence anymore. So I bet she's regretting these words. But here's the interesting part. Remember, this isn't a prediction. This is a prophecy. This is a prophecy from God. This isn't like, I think that this is going to happen. It goes a step beyond. She believes God gave her divine information. It caught me up to heaven four times. Called me up to heaven four times. It showed me everything that would happen concerning Trump and then showed me him sitting as president in the White House. God showed Kat Kerr, took, called her to heaven, showed her Donald Trump in the White House. There was nobody that couldn't convince me. He wasn't going to win. I don't care how many people running against him. We'll see, when God chooses you. See, this is 2018, August 2018, she was saying this. Uh, August 2019, she was saying the exact same thing. Trump is going to win in a landslide. And then 2020 rolls around, and she has a complete meltdown when she finds out that Trump isn't going to be the president. Inauguration day, meltdown. It was uh, honestly heartwarming. I loved it to death. I enjoyed it very much. I am so glad to see her taken down a peg and forced to face her delusion. I don't use that word lightly. I think in some cases, I, some of these beliefs, not all, but some of them qualify as, as a full-blown delusion. And in Kat Kerr's case, I believe that they do. This is October 20th, 2021. So this is about 11 months um, or almost a full 12 months after Trump lost and Biden had already been inaugurated. He was inaugurated January 20th, 2021. This is October 20th, 2021. So yeah, 11 months. I'm sorry, 10 months, 10 months, not 11. Listen to what she had to say 10 months after Trump lost and Biden was inaugurated as the new president of the United States. He will have his four years. If they stole, if someone, let's say they cheated in the Olympics and someone found out later and they had a, a authority and were putting on high, you know, they were putting higher positions or whatever. And then the real person was found out to be not guilty, but innocent. Oh, that's interesting, right? You can see her narrative changing right before our eyes for the years years leading up to the 2020 election it started off god took her to heaven and showed her 
Donald Trump sitting on a throne and stuff like that. She said God showed her this information. This wasn't a prediction. It was a full-blown prophecy. Now, 10 months after Biden is re-inaugurated, she has to come up with a new explanation for why she was wrong. This is basically us witnessing her delusion being shattered right in front of our eyes. She can't deny reality. It's right in front of her. She said God told her that Trump is going to be president, and now he's not. I mean, she really laid into it, too. She didn't just say it once and say, you know, I think that this is going to happen. She repeated it for years, for years. Oh, and that last thing she said there? Not guilty, but innocent. I know this is a small point, but I just want to, you know, make note of it. Um, there is a difference between innocent and not guilty. There is a difference, logically speaking. Just like there's a difference, logically speaking, between not true and false. Though they're not the same things. Like, they're not, not true and false are not the same. But I, I feel like that level of nuance is probably lost in this conversation, so I'm not even going to bother digging into it right now. Let's keep listening. They would have to reestablish from that time period if contracts were given or things were promised. They wouldn't settle for like, well, I've got half of this contract left that now I can do. No, they will have to give Trump the full four years that he actually won in 2020. See, she had to go this route with her narrative because... Originally, she was saying she was guaranteeing people that Donald Trump was going to be president before 2021 ended. That's what she said multiple times. She went on this dude's stream, Steve Schultz, 450,000 followers on Facebook, by the way. She went on his, uh, on his Facebook streams and said this, repeated it over and over and over again. She said Trump was going to be president this year, 2021, is what she said, quote-unquote. And now we're at the end of 2021, in this case, October, and she had to kind of change the narrative around. So she starts out prophesying Trump is going to win the election for years. Failed. Biden is inaugurated. Then she switches to Trump is going to be president again in 2021. Failed. She had to readjust the narrative once again. Well, guess what? Now we're in 2022, and she's decided she's going to readjust the narrative yet again. March 2nd, 2022 is when this one came out. This is her re-re-readjustment of the narrative. Let me give you some lead up to this before we actually watch the clip. She says God pulled her up to heaven, and she's sitting there watching like the election play out and all of that stuff, and God's talking to her. Listen to this, March 2nd, 2022. When they shut it down immediately, right next to me, he said to me, this is when they're going to cheat and steal the election. They'll bury the ballots, burn the ballots, put fake ballots. I mean, he went down this whole list of exactly what they were doing while he wow. was saying to me, he was telling me what was going to happen. And then on November the 4th, God said it. That's what we said on that show. This is what God said last night. They stole the election. Uh, they're stealing it. They're, they're putting millions of extra votes in. Um, they have made fake ballots. They had them waiting to put in there. To uh, every one of these claims about the election is false. They're all false. They've all been debunked a billion times over. But like I said, she's a QAnoner, and she believes this stuff. And instead of thinking critically about the things that she's about to say, 
She just spouts off as much nonsense as she can and then tries to back it up by saying that God told her that these things were true. She takes QAnon claims and election conspiracies and tells people God told her that this was true. This isn't prediction level stuff. This is prophecy level stuff. She calls herself a prophetess. Put in there to count them. And that's why they closed early. It wasn't because they were overwhelmed by how tired they were. It's because that was their plan to steal it. So Trump won. And I got to say it. He won just like God said he would win the 2020 election. He won. No, God didn't say that. You said that, Kat Kerr. There's a distinct difference here between God saying something and you saying something. I find it interesting that she speaks for God or claims to speak for God. The governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses claim to speak for God too, the exact same way. It's embarrassing when they do it. It's embarrassing when you do it. Still, you don't win. That's right, yeah. So they never won. They didn't win. They still don't have power to be where they're at. They're operating with no power or authority given to them by man or yeah. by God. This is the new narrative that she's going with. Trump really did win the election. I was correct about that. They just stole it. And God told me that they were going to steal it. Well, that's not what you were saying before. This is what I would have needed for this to qualify as a prophecy, in my opinion. I would have needed you in 2018, when you were talking about Trump winning in a landslide, I would have needed you to have told us the names, specific names and locations and dates of people who were going to submit false votes or something like that. Though that didn't really happen. It's certainly not in large enough numbers to actually make a difference in the election. But just hypothetically speaking, if she had actually given us names, dates, locations, and they were exact, they were correct, and she wrote them down, put them in an envelope, sealed the envelope, mailed it to me, and then I open it two years later, the day after the election, and I can see that all of this stuff is verified, that's when I would consider it a valid prophecy. What you did was a veiled prediction, effectively taking God's name in vain and using it for your own benefit. And, you know, as a Christian, I would think that you would find that absolutely grotesque if somebody else was doing that. I cannot figure out how you justify this stuff to yourself. I feel like this is bordering on, if not full-blown, blasphemy, what you're, what you're doing here, Kat Kerr. And I really cannot figure out how you don't see it that way and how your, your followers don't see that. The Bible warned us about people like you. How are people still falling for this? Next, we're going to talk about one of QAnon's star members, Pastor Jackson LaMayer, running for Congress and getting some crazy endorsements. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. You guys may not have heard of Jackson LeMayer. I have talked about him before, but it is, it's been a while. He is running for Congress. It's this guy on screen right here, if you're watching uh, rather than listening. 
This clip is from early August 2021. I want to introduce you to Jackson LeMayer because, as I said, he's running for Congress. It's important that we know who he is, what he believes, and some of the crazier things that he espouses. So let's watch this. Early August 2021, this is his response to the possibility that maybe the government could hold another lockdown. Wasn't going to happen at this point. This was only what this is less than a year ago at this moment when this is being filmed. This was less than a year old. The government really had no serious intentions of holding another lockdown. But let's just see what he had to say about it. Now I got news for you today here at Sheridan. This is a group of people. We don't bow the tyrants either. We don't do it and we never will. There's rumors and speculation that come next month, they're going to try a national lockdown. Rumors and speculation? I honestly don't remember them talking about a national lockdown like that late into the pandemic. He was saying that this is going to happen in September of 2021. Yeah, I just, I don't remember that. Maybe there was speculation and it's just me. Personally, I suspect that he's just using this as a persecution complex thing. He's trying to make people feel like they're persecuted, make his church feel that way. Because as we all know, persecution complexes fuel loyalty and brotherhood and camaraderie within groups. If they believe they're persecuted, they will donate harder. So cults tend to use the persecution complex against the members all the time. It seems to me that's probably what he's doing. Even if there was a lockdown proposed or speculated about at this time, he's still using it as part of the persecution complex either way. Let's keep listening. United States of America, that includes churches. A national lockdown. Now, let me tell you something. When the Luciferians... Oh, here we go. Luciferians. Yeah, he's a QAnoner. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. He's a member of QAnon, a full-blown QAnon believer. But it gets more interesting. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Keep listening. When the Luciferians tried to shut down churches last year, we didn't bow then, and we won't bow now. You can mark my words. In fact, let me tell you what's going to happen if these Luciferians try to shut down this church. Absolutely part of the persecution complex. Whether the lockdown really was speculated at the time or not, he is absolutely most definitely using it as a point of persecution. And he seems to think that the lockdown is all about him and his church. Luciferians, quote unquote, Satan worshipers and demons within government are trying to force churches to shut down permanently. That's what he believes. That's what he's saying when he says Luciferians. We will have church every single night while there's a national lockdown. Every single night, there will be church in this house. You say, Jackson, that's really excessive to have church every single night. You know what's excessive? Trying to shut down the church. That's really excessive in my mind. See, that's, that's the fundamental misunderstanding here. Nobody wanted to shut down any churches, none, zero, at any point in time ever in the United States, at least during the pandemic. Nobody has tried to shut down churches. All we wanted was for you to do Zoom meetings temporarily until the pandemic got under control because people were dying 
And guess what? Churches refuse to do that, some of them. And as a result, people like John MacArthur, Tony Spell, a whole bunch of other churches that I've been covering since the pandemic took place, a whole bunch of them refused and acted as super spreaders. They acted as super spreader events during a worldwide pandemic. And up to this moment, it looks like we've got 966,000 COVID deaths. At least some portion of those deaths are in your conscience, Jackson LeMayer, your conscience. Even if you didn't keep your doors open during COVID, which I believe he did, but even if he hadn't, this kind of rhetoric right here fueled the culture war and made people more willing to not wear masks. In fact, it made them more willing to cause a scene in stores if they were asked to wear a mask or to ba do basic stuff, social distancing or whatever else. Some number of those 966,000 deaths are in your conscience. We didn't bow then. We will not bow now. We've made up our minds. Well, it's just 30 days. Don't touch the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to cancel all church services. Nobody ever asked that of you. We just asked for you to go to Zoom meetings temporarily for 30 days so that you could actually literally save people's lives, prevent them from dying. That is the request. You can't do something so simple and basic and straightforward and, and kind to your fellow man is going on Zoom to save people's lives for 30 days. Going on Zoom for 30 days is all we were asking. Can't even do that. You touch the church, you are a dead man walking because God loves his church. And this church will stay open. You can mark my word. Once again, it was just a point of persecution. He was just trying to make his flock feel like they're persecuted so that he could whip them into a blood frenzy and get them to donate or do whatever he asked, basically. Um, that's how this stuff works, okay? So I wanted to give you a little bit of background into who Jackson LeMayer is, give you an idea of some of the things that he believes, some of the things he espoused throughout the course of the pandemic. Here's something else, early January 2022. This is a newer one. Remember, like I said, guy's running for Congress. That's why we're talking about him. He's running for Congress. Check this out. I'm going to do everything in my power. This is short-term goals. Short-term goals for when he wins his election. Everything in my power to go after Anthony Fauci. You've, you've been following me at all. You know, I have been very strong and very bold in saying that Fauci is one of the greatest mass murderers in human history. Human history. Uh, he's up there with the big boys such as Hitler and Stalin and Mao. Fauci is a mass murderer. Fauci needs to be fired. He needs to be arrested and he needs to be convicted of crimes against humanity. So those are three early goals that I want to tackle early on. Wait. Uh, that was one goal, I believe, not three. But I, you know, not, not going to poke holes, not, not going to go there. Let's just continue. This hate campaign against Fauci is absolutely disgusting to me. It is so incredibly wrong that they would relentlessly attack somebody who is simply a doctor trying to help people, trying to make this pandemic 
easier for everybody, trying to help guide our way through it. That is all Fauci was trying to do. That's it. And they have successfully, seemingly, demonized the guy to the point that he needs personal security 24-7. It's grotesque. It's wrong. And it is a direct result, at least in part, of Rand Paul and his hate campaign against Fauci. I feel so bad for Fauci. I always try to find like a silver lining behind every bad situation like this. What's the silver lining for Fauci? What is it? There, there is none. Dude just became the target of an absolutely unhinged, insane hate campaign. What is the silver lining here? There is none. And, it, and it's honestly disgusting that this guy is continuing that hate campaign and trying to get elected off of it. Off of those three goals, firing Dr. Fauci. I guess those are the three goals, fire him. Now, here's the thing about Jackson LeMayer. Here, here's where it gets interesting. He's been trying to cozy up to QAnon for a long, long time. He's been trying to get close to QAnon for a while, which, in my opinion, is probably a bad idea because this group of people, QAnon, is unhinged from reality and dangerous, genuinely dangerous. And unfortunately for Jackson LeMayer, he learned that the hard way because on July 7th, 9.35 a.m., he had to post to Facebook something that was going on with him regarding QAnon. He's been talking about how great all of these QAnon ideas are. He's been taking endorsements from QAnon celebrities and all this stuff this entire time. This is July 7, 2021, by the way, when he had to post this, this Facebook post. Well, all of that came to a head and bit him in the ass on July 7th when he posted this on Facebook. The ugly side of politics... Last week, I posted this pic of Eva out on the campaign trail with me, and she was so proud of her red shoes because it matched the colors of the LeMayer for Senate gear. This is, uh, this is the picture. This is, his daughter went to like one of his campaign events, and she was wearing this dress and these red shoes, right? So anyways, yeah, he brought his daughter to one of his campaign events. She's wearing red shoes. Well, guess what? Red shoes mean something to QAnon. Let's keep reading. It was a harmless post, but there's an individual out there who's been spreading things about me that are not true, such as I am a creation worshiper, a new world order globalist, and more nonsensical stuff. Oh, it's nonsensical when you're the target, huh? But it's not nonsensical when Dr. Fauci's the target. Okay, that checks out. This person's also been spreading the narrative that I'm involved in CSA and CST. I guess red shoes represent, according to this individual... Yes, that's correct. Actually, according to QAnon as a whole, they do. Yes. Red shoes represent CSA according to QAnon. I honestly am surprised he didn't know that already since he's been cozying up to them so much. He probably should have researched QAnon a little more thoroughly before going out there and cozying up to them so that he would know exactly what to do and what not to do to get on their bad side. Sadly for him, he went in completely oblivious, brought his kid to an event with red shoes. That's on you, bro. That's on you. I've been in ministry for years, never any accusations whatsoever. Now all of a sudden I'm being accused of everything under the sun by one particular woman, and some people don't have enough discernment to determine right from wrong. That's QAnon, man. 
that's uh, an overarching conspiracy theory, an all-encompassing conspiracy theory. That's what that is. QAnon is an all-encompassing conspiracy theory, and you should have known that it would turn on you. I honestly can't believe he didn't see this coming. So yeah, he really got it good from QAnon. They laid into him. They, did, they didn't trust him for a long time. But here's where it gets even more interesting. Okay, so this was this post came out July 7th, 2021, right? Now we have to talk about Michael Flynn because Michael Flynn got himself all mixed in this LaMayer campaign thing. I'm not sure if you guys remember Michael Flynn, but he was a general, I think a four-star general, and he was... Wasn't he charged with treason or something? He was charged with something really serious. I don't remember what it was by the U.S. government because he was acting as a foreign agent for another country while he worked for the U.S. government. It was a really, really big deal. And Obama warned Trump when coming in. He was like, something's going on with Flynn. We were in the process of investigating it. Don't trust him. He's working for a foreign country and hasn't told anybody. And what did Trump do? instantly trusted him because Obama didn't trust him. Genius. Genius move. That's where hating your enemy or owning the libs gets you. Nonsense land every time. So back to Michael Flynn. After Flynn was pardoned by Donald Trump for whatever it was that he got in trouble for, acting as a foreign agent uh, I, or whatever it was, I don't remember now. After getting pardoned by Donald Trump, Michael Flynn starts throwing himself into the QAnon world, making appearances on all of these QAnon podcasts, taking this oath that conspicuously sounds an awful lot like a QAnon oath. And I'm not saying that he was taking the QAnon oath or that he was trying to signal that he wanted to be a part of QAnon. I'm just saying QAnoners say this oath a lot of the time. And weirdly, out of nowhere... Michael Flynn and his family members all stand in front of a camera right when QAnon is coming up to be at its peak of popularity. And he does the oath, the same oath that QAnon members give all the time. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So it sounds like a normal oath right now, right? We're about to get to the part where where it morphs into a QAnon oath. Where we go one, we go all. Where, where we, we go, go one, we go, go all. That's the part that makes it the QAnon oath. Not just that, but the way that the sentences are structured and everything, is it all is part of QAnon. It was a QAnon oath. Don't know if he maybe he found the oath online and thought, hey, I like that. That's an oath to America, and I love America, so I'm just going to say that. Maybe he had no idea it was QAnon. Who knows? I can tell you this, he sued the last organization who said that he took a QAnon oath. So I'm not saying that he did that. I'm just saying, you know, QAnon says an oath and then Flynn says an oath and they sounded very similar. It's just a coincidence. Anyway, after he took that, that QAnon oath, he was incredibly well known in the QAnon world. Like people were flocking to him. They were talking about him all over the place. Every appearance that he made on these podcasts and everything. The QAnon world was just going nuts over everything that he said, right? Early February 2021, he goes on this podcast to talk about some of the claims that QAnon makes, and he wanted to actually debunk some of the claims. So listen to this. I'm just going to ask you some questions, and I want you to just tell me if it's nonsense or if there was anything to it at all. 
Number number one, did did President Trump ever sign into action the Insurrection Act? No, nonsense. Nonsense. Is the United States military running the country or just doing, is that nonsense as well? More nonsense. Good, good to hear. More nonsense. There's no plan. There's no there people. There's so many people out there. Is the plan happening? There's no. I mean, we have what we have, and we have to accept the the situation as it is. So to me, what he did there, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really come across as him like denouncing or debunking QAnon. It it comes across more as him trying to shape QAnon, shape the beliefs and the ideology trying to make it more focused into something that's more usable by people in power in the movement. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't know. Who, who knows? That's just what I took from it. And people were talking about it after that. After his appearances, they were dissecting everything that he said. I mean, big QAnoners, like people who've written books about QAnon and stuff. They were dissecting it, trying to figure out what he meant and, and all of that stuff. Like the praying medic. He's a big deal in this movement. And that brings us to our last clip. Who is showing up at Jackson LaMayer's campaign events but Michael Flynn, the de facto king of QAnon himself, whether it's self-defined or not. A lot of people in QAnon absolutely love this dude. Whether he even wants to be a part of it or not, completely irrelevant, QAnon follows him around like a puppy dog. And he decided to do an appearance at Jackson LaMayer's campaign event. He's even wearing a LaMayer shirt. So let's see what Flynn had to say at Jackson LaMayer's campaign event, early March 2022. You read all these things, you study the history of this country, you study how it was founded. That's why, they, that's why the word creator is in the Constitution four times. What? Four? No, it's in there zero times, actually, now that I think about it. It's not in the Constitution at all. Right, we are, we are endowed by our creator. Uh, isn't that the Declaration of Independence? This guy was a four-star general, wasn't he? Or three-star or four-star, something like that. He was real high up in government. He should know. I would be surprised if he didn't know that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are different. Aside from that, doesn't creator only show up that one time in the Declaration of Independence? Where did he get this four times figure. It's just propaganda. It's simply propaganda. When you look at the Bill of Rights, I want you, next time you look at the Bill of Rights, in fact, tonight when you go home, look at the Bill of Rights and lay the Ten Commandments right down next to them. Okay? Put them right next to each other. And you'll get a sense of how they developed the Bill of Rights. No. The Bill of Rights were absolutely not based on the Bible. The Bible is antithetical to the Bill of Rights. The Bible does not support human rights. It's not about human rights. It's about loving Jesus and nothing else. So I honestly have no idea where that came from. But it gets weirder. Keep listening. This is a war that we're in. This is a big time spiritual war. There's, I mean, people like Nancy Pelosi, she's a demon, you know? They literally believe this. They literally believe I mean, QAnon, that Nancy Pelosi is a demon, that she is a demon in human skin, but they love Kenneth Copeland. How did they get here? How did they get to this point? They got to this point, in my opinion, by cynical people at the top, 
exploiting their gullibility. It's truly sad to see such a large group of people fall for such a ridiculous ruse. And now they're, they're continuing to support these candidates. Michael Flynn, one of the most respected people on the planet in the eyes of QAnoners, is campaigning for a U.S. congressman, Jackson LaMayer, Pastor Jackson LaMayer. And for the record, here's his ballotpedia. His election is in 2022. Primary will occur June 28th, 2022. Candidate U.S. Senate Oklahoma elections and appointments. So it looks like he's a candidate for the U.S. Senate in Oklahoma. That's not a state representative. That's a federal representative. June 28th, 2022. If you're in Oklahoma, get out there and vote against him. Next, we're going to talk about why televangelists seem to be convinced the Constitution was written by Jesus. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about something called dominionism. Now, we've got some really interesting pastors to cover. First one I want to talk about is Robin Bullock. We're going to talk about a few others, though. We're going to be talking about Kent Christmas, our old bud Kent Christmas. And we're going to be talking about somebody named David Barton. Let's start out with Robin Bullock. Let me remind you of who this guy is. This is mid-November 2021. He was genuinely upset by the fact that Donald Trump lost the election, and he was taking it out on the people around him. Let's listen to this. Apologize. Go ahead and apologize. Well, no! Apologize for making a false prophecy, claiming that God told him that Donald Trump was going to be president again in 2020. And, and I agree, yeah, he should apologize for that. How about that? Just so you can hear me again. No! Because you are wrong. Oh, Donald Trump is president? Is that what you're saying? Donald Trump is president? Okay. If this had no meaning to it and no prophet standing speaking today was, if they were all wrong. They were, as a matter of fact, all wrong. The prophets said Trump was going to be president in 2020. They said they even saw Trump in the spirit sitting in the White House as president. They were, say it with me, wrong. Why don't it go away? Because you messed up and said something that you can't take back, and now you have to harp on it for the rest of your life. That's why it's not going away. How come it hasn't ever faded away? How come it's still a fight? It's only a fight in your mind and nowhere else. If it was wrong and it wasn't true, then why are we still debating all of this? Nobody's debating this but you, Robin Bullock. Folks, it would have already passed. You keep your doctrines. You keep your doctrines. But I'll tell you what, you are going to answer for trying to regulate the Lord's prophets. I bet. You, with your big educations... You're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord. Yeah, so that's Robin Bullock. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a refresher of who we're talking about. 
before we watch the next clip. So this is early March 2022 when this one came out. It's brand new. He had something really weird to say recently. Listen to this. We are the only constitution in history of any nation that has never changed. Uh, what? Have you never heard of constitutional amendments? The constitution changes all the time. How many amendments do we have? 26 or something? I'm sorry, 27. Yeah, there's 27 constitutional amendments. What are you talking about? The Constitution has changed 27 times since it was written. Others have had multiple constitutions. They've had multiple overthrows. Yeah, but America is historically not very old. It's only a few hundred years old. Compared to Britain and other countries out there, it's still kind of a baby. But not this nation. It's because this nation's constitution was written from the word of God. What? What is he talking about? Written from the word of God? The constitution was not written from the word of God by any stretch of the imagination. Let me lay this down for you. The first amendment contradicts the first commandment. Here's the first commandment. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's an indirect violation of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Not to mention the Establishment Clause and all that stuff. If you want the Constitution to be more in line with the Bible, the first thing you have to do is erase the Constitution completely and start from scratch, basically. It was written on the Bible's foundations. Everything no. about it. No, 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 it was not. Everything about it. We get our three branches of government from the Bible. We get everything we know from the scripture. What is he talking about? Seriously, get the three branches of government from the Bible? What? No, we don't. The only government that should exist, according to the Bible, is a theocracy. God is the head of the government, and that's all there is to it. There, there is no three branches of government in the Bible. If I'm wrong on this, somebody please correct me in the comments. I'll pin it to the top. I don't know what he is talking about here, but something you'll come to learn about Robin Bullock and some of the other people I talk about is logic is irrelevant. Logic doesn't even play into it. It doesn't matter. What matters is pushing these bizarre ideas down people's throats. This guy's a QAnon or two, by the way. From the scripture, we get the separation of powers from the scripture. We get everything you know of in our, in our constitution from the scripture. No. And it was, it was laid that way on purpose. No, no. Absolute and complete nonsense. There's a point I'm getting at with this. Let's watch this next set of clips. This one is Kent Christmas. He had something interesting to say about this subject, too. Years ago, there was a man that got up in Congress, and he began to attack the word of the Lord. This is historically correct. Okay, then you should be able to give us a name, right? For the record, there is no evidence of this happening, or I haven't seen any evidence, and I've looked around for it, and nobody else that I know of has seen the evidence for this. He can sit here and say this is historically correct all he wants, but he's providing us with no evidence, and I couldn't find any when I looked, so take that for what you will. I don't believe this story at all. I'm willing to be proven otherwise, though. He was arrested. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court found him guilty and said, when you attack the Word of God, you are attacking Christianity. And when you attack Christianity, you are attacking Jesus Christ, 
who is the foundation of our nation, and they put him in prison or in jail for three months. Okay, I, I, like I said, no evidence for this. I don't know who he would be talking about or, or what happened, but that is in direct violation of the First Amendment. We are allowed to express ourselves and say what we want as long as we aren't uh, directly inciting violence. That's always been the rule. The First Amendment was written in December 15, 1791, so it must have been before that, if it happened at all. But like I said, no evidence for it. The point here is that these pastors, Kent Christmas so far, and Robin Bullock, that's two, are obsessed with something called dominionism. I don't know if you guys have heard this term before. Dominionism is this idea that Basically, the Bible should replace the Constitution, pretty much. There are a number of qualifiers that a religion or an ideology has to meet to be a dominionist belief system, basically. So let's read them. Dominionists celebrate Christian nationalism in that they believe the U.S. once was and should once again be a Christian nation. In this way, they deny the Enlightenment roots of American democracy. Number two... Dominionists promote religious supremacy insofar as they generally do not respect the equality of other religions or even other versions of Christianity. And number three, Dominionists endorse theocratic visions insofar as they believe that the Ten Commandments or biblical law should be the foundation of American law and that the U.S. Constitution should be seen as a vehicle for implementing biblical principles. What we're dealing with here are people called Dominionists. They believe that we should effectively replace the Constitution with the Bible, with the Ten Commandments. That's the type of person that we're dealing with in these pastors. Incredibly concerning. There's this guy named David Barton. He fancies himself a constitutional historian, or a scholar of sorts. He's not. He doesn't have any degrees that are not honorary degrees, from my understanding. Let me introduce you to David Barton. Late January 2021, I believe he went on the Andrew Womack TV show, and he had some interesting things to say. Listen to this guy. We're getting attacked because you love Trump and you're, you're a cult for Trump. What happens is you cannot back away from engaging in the debate. This is where you run to the roar. And if they want to call me a homophobe, I say, oh, so you're a heterophobe, are you? Just turn it back in the other direction. Yeah, this is actually a propaganda technique that's closely linked to the logical fallacy called the tuquoque logical fallacy. Fallacies and propaganda techniques are really similar to each other. They're, they're closely linked. A lot of the time, there's a logical fallacy. I'm sorry. There's a propaganda technique that goes along with a logical fallacy. Not all the time, but they are very closely linked. Propagandists like to exploit logical fallacies and use them against people. So what he's using here is something called the tuquoque logical fallacy, also known as the no you fallacy. Blame other people and say it's them that's doing it, not you. you they're the perpetrators. They're the evildoers, not you. Just flip it around on them. Uh, I'm not sure what the accompanying propaganda techniques name would be for the tuquoque logical fallacy, but that's, if, that's what he's doing here. He's just flipping it around and blaming other people for his wrongdoings, pretty much. So you've got this bias against heterosexual people. You can't disengage from the debate just because they're being mean or just because they're saying things about you. So anyway, that's David Barton. 
I just want to introduce you to him because, as I said, he can he fancies himself a constitutional scholar, a constitutional historian or whatever, though he has some really bizarre views, um, completely ahistorical beliefs about the Constitution, about the Bible, and, and all of this other stuff. Like, he's completely off base with all of this. But it's really interesting to listen to. Listen to this clip, mid-October 2021. The northern states were very anti-slavery because they were very Bible-oriented. The southern states were very Christian-professing, but they didn't know much about the Bible, and they didn't read it much. They just professed to be Christians. Obviously, the guy has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to historical events. The, as a matter of fact, the South used the Bible, used different Bible verses to bolster their pro-slavery position. They used the Bible to say, look, God endorses slavery. This is what God wants. And, you know, I can kind of see that position. That's an indictment of the Bible, in my opinion. Not an endorsement of slavery, but an indictment of the Bible. The Bible is morally wrong for endorsing slavery. But the, the people in the South during the Civil War, they got the wrong message from it. So that's who David Barton is. He likes to change things around and warp it and make it seem like it's something completely different than it is, if it'll suit his narrative. We've talked about Kent Christmas and Robin Bullock being full-blown dominionists and basically trying to replace the Constitution with the Bible at this point. They are by no means the only ones trying to do that. David Barton seems to believe that that's where we're headed, or, or those were the original roots. The, the Bible originally was effectively the Constitution, and we just need to revert it back to that. Now listen to this one, early February 2022. See, God has a lot to say about economics. You know that God talks about what we call the capital gains tax? The Bible also talks about things like the estate tax, the inheritance tax. It talks about progressive taxes, it talks about flat taxes. Talks See, this is what's interesting to me. Economics as a field was nowhere near as complex and advanced as it is today, not even close. I mean, we've got so many more people on planet Earth at this point, and the economies of each country are so completely interconnected with each other. It's all just so much more complex. The Bible did not talk about these issues. I'll tell you what's happening. David Barton is retroactively going back and looking in the Bible and seeing how the Bible might have been about to touch on this subject, but this is something that these people didn't understand. It was entirely too advanced for their society, but they were so close. If they had just known a little bit more about how economics works, which there's no way for them to do since this field didn't exist in its current form at the time. If they were just that much more knowledgeable about economics, they may have touched on these issues. But they didn't, because they weren't more knowledgeable about economics or any of these issues, like David Barton seems to be implying here. So, no, the Bible did not touch on these subjects. This talks about capitation taxes. The Bible has so much on economics. It's interesting. He's acting like the Bible is like an economics book. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Even as Jesus and... and and Peter were talking, and Jesus said, Peter, he said, tell me, who, who pays taxes, the children or the foreigners? And Peter said, oh, that's easy. Children don't pay taxes. It's the foreigners that pay taxes. Really? Yeah, see, that's why in early America, 
you didn't tax the citizens. There was no direct taxes. We had to alter the Constitution to be able to tax you directly. You see where he slipped that in just now? Did you see that? He just slipped it in real smooth. He said we had to alter the Constitution so that we could tax other people and not just foreigners. The implication being the Constitution was pretty much the Ten Commandments. It was all based on the Bible originally. Thought he would slip it in under your nose, you wouldn't even notice. That's just not the case, man. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. That's not what happened. The Bible was not the foundation for the Constitution. Tax you directly because we had all the taxes on the foreigners. We had all the tariffs and all the, all the different ways of taxing the things that came from the outside, not, not the inside. His goal, Robin Bullock's goal, Kent Christmas's goal, is to change the Constitution or abolish it entirely and replace it with the Ten Commandments. No joke. That's their goal. Not just their goal, though. You know who else's goal it is? Listen to this clip from Michael Flynn uh, campaigning for Jackson LaMayer early March 2022. This is a QAnon event, basically. You read all these things. You study the history of this country. You study how it was founded. That's why, they, that's why the word creator is in the Constitution four times. It's in the Declaration of Independence one time, to my knowledge. Not the Constitution. It's in the Constitution a total of zero times. This is a four-star general. Are you telling me he doesn't know the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence? I'm having a hard time believing it, man. I'm having a hard time believing that he doesn't know exactly what he's saying and doing right now. Constitution four times. Right, we, are, we are endowed by our creator. That's the Declaration of Independence. The Bill of Rights. When you look at the Bill of Rights, I want you, next time you look at the Bill of Rights, in fact, tonight when you go home, look at the Bill of Rights and lay the Ten Commandments right down next to them. Okay? Put them right next to each other. And you'll get a sense of how they developed the Bill of Rights. No, that is not how they developed the Bill of Rights. The Bible is anti-freedom in most cases. The Bible is in opposition to human rights. The Bible doesn't want you to have an earthly government. The Bible wants a dictatorship that ostensibly is run by a theocracy. They want a dictator who is only answerable to God. That's the government that the Bible really encourages in people. And the Ten Commandments are nonsense from beginning to end. All of them. They are anti-free speech. They are anti-everything that the Bill of Rights stand for. The Bible is not a good basis for law in the United States. And the fact that these dominionists, these Christian extremists, are trying to force us into a new era where the Constitution is replaced with the Ten Commandments should concern the hell out of you. It concerns the hell out of me. We should absolutely be keeping an eye on this and doing everything that we can to push back when we hear dominionists in positions of power trying to force us to switch over to the Ten Commandments. That is concerning. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.
If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.